Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Always great to be with you. And today I have sitting right next to me my dear friend, Heather Bryant, Now, Heather has flown all the way from Washington State to come and be with us and to do this podcast with me. We've been talking about it for so long, and at last we are doing it. I know you're going to be so blessed by Heather. Uh, She lives up, as I said, in Washington State, right on Puget Sound. I think your house just, there's a big cliff and then you just look over the sound. Yeah, it's very beautiful. You are just too spoiled. I am. (laughs) My husband says that all the time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Heather um, is a beautiful mother of a few children. Just a few. Just a few, yes. (laughs) She actually has 14 children, uh, but you wouldn't know it if you were looking at her. And... um, She's going to share about many different things of uh, her mothering. But we should start about getting married first, because you get married first, don't you? Yes, (laughs) yes, indeed. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, tell us, were you in love with your husband when you first started out? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really wasn't. He just came into my life, and he on the whole, just really irritated me on so many levels. I didn't find him physically attractive, and he bugged me. In fact, I would be always, when he'd leave my parents' house, half the time I slammed the door behind him. And my mom would just, she said later on, she would just shake her head and just think, he's the one. (laughs) (laughs) So, what changed your mind? Well, I, um, like I said, I I really didn't feel, you know, all the, you know, the the superficial things. Mm. And, but there was that still small voice, Mm. literally, that I, you know, probably don't listen to as often as I should. But though that... At that time, it was loud enough, and I felt God just, he kept, I almost felt him physically turning me back toward my husband, not my husband at the time, but toward Barry at the time, and just like almost saying, that is the one Mm. I've chosen for you. And so even though I, you know, I, I, there was a lot of, I had a lot of admiration for him. I felt like he was completely different than any other um, guy I'd ever met before and so with those kind of things in my head and then that feeling that God had chosen him for me I just mm-hmm. went forward yeah and I and now isn't it nearly 30 years yes, later yeah and I adore him yeah he's like my best friend and yes. I don't even know why I didn't think he was good looking because he's quite handsome and I feel sorry for all the other women in the world whose <laughs> husbands are not as handsome as mine. <laughs> yes, well, that's so wonderful. And together, 
Barry and Heather have been writing a beautiful story. You know, I, I often think that this is, this is what it is about raising a family. It's writing a story. And I was thinking about that at Christmas time. Um, Colin and I went over to Serene and Sam's and I thought, oh, I think what I'll do, I think I will write a limerick for everyone in the family. So I wrote a little limerick for each uh, child and just about their personality. And, and this is what I wrote for Serene. Serene, and it's just a little limerick, very, very simple. An incredible mother lives in this home who brings love and blessings and shalom. She shines with glory as she writes her story with each precious child in her home. Oh, wow. And that's, of course, a beautiful testimony of Serene. But I was thinking about that with you too, Heather. That's what you've been doing. You've been writing this story. And dear ladies, that's what all of you are doing. You are writing your story. Now, each one of your stories is going to be different. Wouldn't it be boring if they were all the same? Oh, indeed. God is so unique. Oh, and, and as he, every child that comes into the world that God orchestrates and God just grows and creates in the womb is so different. Each one is unique. There is not one child that is born that is like any other that's ever been born or any that ever will be born. But it's like that with every family. Yeah. Every family is unique. Wow, just as well not all the families are like us. It would be hair-raising. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we're all different. We have own sort of, you know, personality about our family. And I know you have that about your family. And isn't it great hearing about other families and their stories? And so Heather's going to tell us some of her story today. And we've got to start out, of course, with all your children, the names of their children. Oh, yes. Oh, I yes. hope you wrote that down. Oh, I did. Okay. I wrote the good, names good. in case you forgot them. I know. <laughs> I don't remember birthdays very well at all. Well, we won't put that okay, in. Okay, good. Yes. Good. So Rachel is their oldest, and I know Rachel because Heather has been uh, putting on and organizing Above Ruby's retreats in Washington State for I can't even remember I how many years. I think it's been almost 14 years. Yes, it would be yep, about Yeah, because Mary was little, and she is four, 14. over 14. Yes. Isn't yeah. that amazing? I just love faithful women who, they put, you know, themselves to the task, and they never give up. And here we are doing another one you know this what? year. I think that's what it is. You never give up. That's I mean, things right. sometimes don't always go as you plan, but... Mm. It's showing up after they don't always go as planned, mm. you know? Yep, that's it. Faithfulness, never giving up, yeah. just the duties of life. Yeah. You know, that's what life is about, yeah. isn't it? So ladies, uh, we are having another retreat, a ladies retreat in Washington State. Mm -hmm. uh, we have it in Olympia. Yep, in Olympia. And, um, At Black Lake Bible Camp. Yes, do you know the date? I do. <laughs> Good. But I can't remember. Um, it's the it's, it's the last weekend, weekend of in March. March. Yeah. Yes. The so last, I don't know the no, dates. No, I don't either. Okay. But ladies, that's coming up so quick. But you can still get in. 
Oh, don't miss. If you've never been before, make an effort to come. There's nothing like an Above Rubies retreat. You'll be encouraged uh, through the ministry, but also just through the wonderful fellowship and just, oh, of the There is nothing like just, I have friends at that retreat Mm. that that is where I go see them. Yes. You know, and we all, we connect, but just to be able to know that I will get to see those ladies at that time. And I've got some of my dearest friends I met at the Above Ruby's retreat. And even the children, well, this is not a family camp, but mothers bring their older daughters and and they make wonderful friends too. In fact, I love uh, people to come to our ladies' retreats with three generations of grandparents or the grandmothers and the mothers and the children. It's great. Oh, it's so wonderful. So um, Heather's doing that again this year. So Rachel, Rachel, she she leads leads worship. She leads worship. Beautiful girl. And now Rachel, oh, I knew her as a teen. Mm -hmm. And now she's married with three little boys. Yes. And then Luke, he's married with three little girls. Yes. So I'm grandma six times over. Actually, I'm uh, Mei Mei. That's what I'm called, Mei Mei. Everyone has their own I know. You're Nana, name. right? I'm Nana You're or Nana. Nanny. Yep. Yes, and then there is Becca, who's mm-hmm. courting. Yes. Yes, I love courting. In Florida. Mm. Not with us in Washington at this point. So. Yes. I was just counting up the other day, um, just in our family, and counted up. I couldn't believe it. Six Courting oh, couples. love is in the air around here. I'm I not even kidding. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wonderful. Yes, and then Ruth is 21, and Simon is 20, and Sam, well, he's your tree topper, isn't yes, he? Yes, yep. He is 18 yes. years old. Yes. He just um, applied for his business license, and he's got that all lined up, and oh. he's been doing a few tree topping jobs it's yes oh we forgot to say what luke does yes he's a bomb diffuser yes that's pretty exciting yes i (laughs) guess yes (laughs) he seems to like it as a mother i'm like did we have to pick that kind of a career but you know I guess to each his own. And I think he's already been in places where he's had to, with President yeah. Trump and having yeah. to defuse bombs or yeah. if they are there or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so then Levi and Mary, and they're with us oh, here too. Don't forget Peter. Oh, we got Peter. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Goodness me. And then, Clo- oh, Hannah. Yeah. Hannah. She's with Jesus now. But we're going to talk about her later. And uh, this is one of the most precious things that that Heather will talk about with you. And then there's Chloe and Susie and JL and Elisha. Yep. Ellie. Ellie. She's three, isn't she? Yep. Yep. Wow. I had there her when is. I was 48. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? I know. 48. You are blessed because there are many women who are still longing. I get emails and, oh, just please pray for me. I'm still longing for another baby. And they're in their 40s, but no more babies are coming. So you were blessed. I really was. Absolutely. And am.
Yes. I still am. Oh, amen. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you've hardly started. <laughs> I know. That's what my husband says anyway. <laughs> yes. And what does he say to you? He always wonders who else is in there. Like he looks at me. He's like, I wonder who else is in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's kind of, um, you know. <laughs> he's very unusual for a man. Yes. That, I mean, he always, he told me he would never get mad if I got pregnant. Never. Mm. He was always very excited. In fact, I think when I got pregnant with Hannah, I called him and I told him that I was pregnant and he, he was happy. But then like a few minutes later, he called me back and he goes, I just want to just thank you for um, just being willing to have our children. He goes, oh. I know that you're older and it's not easy. And he goes, I realize that every time you do have a child, you are basically giving up a part of yourself to, to rate or, you know, grow this child. And, and he goes, and I see that. And he goes, and I'm really thankful for a woman like you. Isn't that That was beautiful. like the best. Yeah. I was like crying. Yeah. <laughs> Just so sweet. So wonderful. And as you know, with all these children, you've been building, writing your story, building your home. I was just reading again today that wonderful scripture, Proverbs 14, 1. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Actually, three times in Proverbs, it talks about the wise woman building um, in Chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Wisdom hath builded her house. Do you notice the three words there? Wisdom build house. And then in 14.1, every wise woman buildeth her house. There again. Then in Proverbs 24.3, through wisdom is a house builded. It, the three go together. Um, it's a wise woman who builds, and if we're building, we're wise. And what are we building? We're building a home and a family, and that's what it's all about. Sometimes I love to go to some old translations, and I have here the Knox translation. I love it. It's just an old one. It says, It is by woman's wisdom a home thrives. A foolish wife pulls it down about her ears. The Moffat translation says, wisdom builds the house of life. Frivolity pulls it down. And so that's what you've been doing, isn't it? But I'm sure, you know, you had struggles. and Oh, for sure. Yes, like sometimes I'm listening them. to you and I'm just like, well, I'm not all, I mean, I, I, I on the whole, I, I, try to build my home and I ask the Lord to help me every day and but you know there are struggles mm, you know it's, that's life yeah yes. and um even having your children did you just have perfect pregnancies every time no I've been pregnant 20 times wow and I've had 14 live births I've had a couple of uh really bad miscarriages that mm. I ended up in the hospital um, with a DNC and a blood transfusion 
Mm. And but and still, you never gave up. No, I just and God was with you <laughs> yeah. and kept you, yeah. and He was faithful. Yeah, yes. but it was it was not easy. It's, no. It was not easy, and and it isn't easy. And I, you know, even when as your children are growing, they're making their you know more and more decisions on their own. You can't just line up all the children in a row and hmm. tell them exactly what to do and then they're going to go do that thing exactly. I know. I often used to think, well, it would be just nice if I could have had robots. Oh, <laughs> that, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> that, that's another not robots. Yeah. And, uh, and just changing, like just, or when your children start, you know, growing up and becoming more independent and, but then mm. you still have little kids at home. Yes. It's it can get really mm. confusing, but you just plug on. You just, some days I just kind of go, I'm starting over today, you know, mm. and it's all right. That's I, right. That's life, plodding on. Yeah, and just yes. giving yourself no, a break, like uh, like mm. giving yourself grace, mm. you know. It's, yes. but, but having your heart set on, you know, doing the right thing. But yes. we are human you know, we will make mistakes, but just to give yourself grace, mm. you know. Yes, and and plodding on. I yeah. think there's a it's a powerful thing, plodding on. And as the Bible says, you know, when a, a righteous man falls, he he gets up again. Yeah. He can fall yep. seven times yeah. and get up again. It's when and you don't get up that that's, that's the, the problem. Thing. Yes, yep. just it's, get it's, up. It's like a little baby when they're starting to walk. They walk along. They fall, but they never stay down. They no. get up, and, yeah. and that's the secret, I believe, of life. We all face struggles and challenges in different ways, yep. but. Every time, well, sometimes we can just feel, I just feel like jolly, we're giving up and just getting out of this place, but we can't. We have to get up again, yep. face the fray, and we don't do it on our own, but we face it with God, and he enables us, and here you are, yes. you're still alive today. I am. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yes. So what was your, maybe what was your best and what was your worst birth? Um, Levi was my best yes. birth. I, my, I remember I was in labor and I knew I was, and, um, I had my husband call my midwife and I had just seen her the day before and I was barely dilated, but she had stripped my membranes. And so I, you know, the next day I felt something going on and, and I remember having a contraction and I told my husband, I said, call the midwife. And he said, are you sure? And I look at him, I'm like, call her. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, because I was having yes. a contraction that I knew. So anyway, she came and she she told me later she didn't think that anything was going on because there I literally was, you know, not even dilated. Really? And um, so we were, I said, well, I just had a contraction and I was laying on my bed and I said, I usually have five, they were five minutes apart. And it had been great. You can do be in labor for quite a while when your contractions are five mm. minutes apart. So um, I said, so we started talking, but about two and a half minutes into our little chat, I had a, I started having a contraction and my water broke. Wow. Okay. And so then she goes, oh, something is happening. So I just kind of went, you know, just kind of labored for probably about an hour more. 
And then all of a sudden, my water broke again. And I pushed once. There we was. Boom. How wonderful. In fact, I called my, my, I knew my best friend was around the area. And I called her and I said, hey, I just had my baby. Come on over. She goes, what? <laughs> I go, I, I mean, I hadn't even, the, I don't even think the placenta had come out. I mean, I was fine. Yeah. It was like, I remember thinking, is this it? Yeah. It was wonderful. That's great. Yeah. But then I've had, I've had, I think Mary's was, you know, I have Mary and Levi are here. Yeah. But Mary's was a long. And uh, she was the next one after Levi. Yeah. Yes. And it changed. Yes. Yeah. I've had them all over the board. I know. This is the thing with labor. I mean, with childbirth. I think sometimes, you know, maybe some of you precious mothers, you've been through very, very challenging childbirth and you think, wow, oh my, how could I ever do that again? But Please be encouraged because every birth is different. Yeah. And and even if one birth is a difficult one, it doesn't mean to say yeah. it's going to be like that no, next in, time. It can be just so amazing. Yeah, in fact, I had, I remember at the, the first birth, it was with Peter, which was before Levi, um, that I actually prayed and asked God. I actually had three things that I had asked him yes. that I, I, I thought... I remember reading this book about this, the man who started World Concern, and he used to pray about everything. He would, she, uh, his wife wrote a book, and he, she said that there was actual um, knee prints in front of his bed, that because he had prayed for everything. He never asked for anything. And I remember thinking, well, if he, the only reason he does that is because of his faith. And so I thought, well, I just normally go into childbirth and just like, I don't know, I just beg God for mercy, you know, because <laughs> yes, yes. you always say the yes. Lord has mercy on those who give suck. <laughs> Remember, yes, that? what's yes. that? Is that that's it's the Lord. Ha Basically, the Lord has mm. mercy on us, mm. on mothers. Mm. But anyway, so I um, decided that I there was three things that really stressed me out about birth and one of them was laboring through the night i just i just once it passed 12 o'clock it just was mm. i just wanted to go to bed i wanted <laughs> to be done so that was one of the things that prior to peter's birth i asked for i said lord could my birth be done before midnight and the second one was i did not want to push for a long time i'm such a i was just asking i mean he mm didn't have to answer and then I can't remember the third one because those were two of the really big things and yeah. I'll tell you that was my first time that I did not have to push wow. for like I would have to push for like a long time like mm. hours mm. like it was just I don't know mm. but and so I literally pushed I remember three times wow and he was born at 1130 Wow, isn't that great? So every time the Lord answered your prayers. Yeah. How yep. wonderful. That's so well, I wouldn't good. say I prayed every single time, but that one no, I but did those pray. Ones that you prayed. But it was really nice. And then it makes you think, well, you have not because you ask not. Exactly. Why didn't you ask? I know. You think, why didn't I ask the other time? I even do that now. I mean, I, yes. I've had some pretty big things happen in my life that mm. I have literally like laid it down at the feet of Jesus and I just left it there. I never took it back. 
and mm. think I'm thankful I did. But then there's like after that happens, life goes on and mm. there's times that later on I look back and I'm like, why didn't I pray about this? Why didn't I just ask him to, you know, the Lord to help me? Mm. And why did I pick it up and take it and start doing it on my own? Mm. You know, and that. Ah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, then you had precious little Hannah. And uh, tell us about that. She went to be with the Lord about 14 months, wasn't she? Yeah, she was 14 months tell old. Tell us what happened there. Well, um, my oldest daughter, Rachel, she accidentally ran her over with our car. And she basically died pretty quickly after that. Mm-hmm. So it was two of my daughters were affected highly yes. at that moment. So she was just backing out, was yeah, she? Yeah. Yeah, something and that so quite often happens, doesn't it? Yeah. We kind of, I know the mothers around here just have that fear because we have so many teens now with cars yeah. and then so many little wee ones. Yeah. And they're always saying, okay, you must not even drive your car before you go around yeah. the back and look around and then you look around again. Yeah. And, oh. No, yeah, it's something that people just in everyday life just kind of forget. And oh, I know. It was, it was very devastating. I mean, mm. not in a permanent way, but it was just, it was terrible. Because you just sit yes. there and go, if I had only walked around the car and oh, if I'd only checked and but who does ever check? No. no. I mean I mean unless you have that constant reminder, yeah. you know, it, it's just not something yeah. you do. But yeah. that's something we try to do around here now because of you know, you've got the teens driving yeah. and the little wee ones at the same time. Yeah. And didn't that happen about three months after it had happened with Stephen Curtis, Curtis Chapman? Chapman yeah. Yes. And I remember my daughter came to me when she we had heard that and um and she said, If that ever happened to me, she goes, I would die. And three weeks it was three weeks. Three weeks, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. It was oh. three weeks later. It happened to her. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, so what, when it, when it happened, what did she do? She, uh, well, I'll tell you, my yes. son came, I, I was. Were you there? I no. was across the street. Yes. Um, we were getting ready for vacation Bible school and our house is um, a, a field away from our church. And um, my son came and he's like, Mom, something really bad's happened. I'm like, he goes, it's Hannah. And I go, well, what happened? And he goes, just come. And I go, what happened? And he goes, Rachel ran her over. And I'm like, oh, my lands. And I arrive on our in our yard, and all my nieces and nephews were there because we were all getting ready for vacation Bible school. And and um, my children, there was, there was 10, including Hannah. And it, it was chaos. It was absolutely chaos. It was just, there were children crying everywhere. I couldn't find Rachel. She had just panicked and just ran off. And um, my daughter, Ruth, I remember she was, I guess, 911 had told her not to touch the baby. And so she was just over bent, you know, kneeling down on her knees and just bent over Rachel or Hannah's body as she was, you know, you could tell she was out of it you know but she would breathe every now and then and and just crying and just it was it was terrible and I remember walking 
like trying to find Rachel. My neighbor had come over and started doing CPR on, on Hannah. And I, and I, I remember just walking by our kitchen window. I don't even know why I was used the, but I remember. And I said, I said, Oh God, I said, I go, I won't be mad. And I won't even question, I go, but you have to help me take care of my children. Mm. Because all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden you have all these children and they're all different and they, Mm. they hurt different and they process different. Mm. And I knew there was like no way I would be able to do that on my own. I, I can't, I couldn't do it you know, and I needed his help. I wanted, there was nothing I could do about Hannah. I I knew Mm. she would go. In fact, there was something inside me that I knew she would not make it, Mm. you know, and and it wasn't, she didn't even look like her, her body didn't, there was like a little abrasion on her forehead. Mm. So it wasn't a, she didn't look horrible. Mm. And so actually I was very thankful for that. And, um, but I knew she wouldn't make it. So my focus was on my, my children who were alive Mm. and especially my three older children, Rachel and Luke had brought Hannah outside and then Becca was supposed to be watching Hannah, but she was inside making lunch. I mean, it was all normal things. Mm. Luke brought her out to play and Mm. she was a baby that was very super laid back and she had just started really kind of walking crawling she was a late you know late bloomer in that so she, she was, was sitting barely walking. yeah she, well she was on a sled they had been pulling her around and she crawled behind the car and it just it, it mm. does it just doesn't take that no. that much time for things to mm-hmm. to go bad and so um anyway I gotta tell you you want me to tell you the story about the police officer that was the first to arrive on the scene? Yeah. It was kind of an interesting story. Yeah. Um, so prior, so this was happened in June, and in December, um, I was r- doing errands, and I was in a, a vehicle that was not our our family car; it was our commuter car, and I guess the the tabs had expired on it, so I got pulled over by a police officer. And so, you know, they ask you for your license, proof of insurance, and your registration for your car. So I give it to him. And I am sitting there. And all of a sudden, I look, you know, I'm, it's taking a little while because, you know, they're going back. I didn't know what he was doing. And I look in the rearview mirror, and he's kind of digging around in his car. And I was like, what is he doing? And I had bought my husband a, a container of candy to put in his stocking at Christmas and I got so nervous I just opened it and started eating it (laughs) while I was waiting for the police officer to give me a ticket because my tabs had expired but anyway he comes up and he um he he I I he said um I said are you is everything okay and he goes well I he goes I lost your oh no I'm sorry so as he's doing this I pray to the Lord I said Lord I said, it would be different if I was speeding, but I wasn't speeding. I didn't know about the tabs. I go, could you please make it so that he, the policeman can't give me a ticket because, you know, it was Christmas time and I was, we were trying to buy presents for our kids and, you know, we have a whole bunch of them. So I was just like, please, you know, it, it would, it, it would have probably been about over $300 for me to, 
you know, make mm-hmm. it right. So anyway, he, the police officer eventually comes up and he said, he lost my driver's license. I go, well, I gave it to you. He goes, I know you did. He goes, let's, oh. so he had me pull up into this gas station and he has every door open. He has his trunk open. He's like digging around in his, his patrol car. <laughs> and pretty soon he comes up to me and he gives me back my registration and he gives me back my proof of insurance. He goes, well, he goes, I cannot find your driver's license, so I can't give you a ticket. And he goes, I just, he goes, I've been doing this over 20 years and this has never happened to me. And I go, well, I know what happened. And he goes, what? And I go, I prayed that you wouldn't give me a ticket. (laughs) And God answered my prayer. And he said, well, I'm a praying man myself. And he goes, it worked. So fast forward to June when the accident happened. And just before that, I was going, I was at our local pizza place getting gift cards for our junior helpers that help at our vacation Bible school because we reward them at the end of the time. And there was the police officer. And well, in the meantime, um, we had, I had um, shared with a friend of mine who was a teacher at the high school that he was uh, worked at as a police officer to kind of watch over the kids. And I had told her what had happened. And so she had gone and talked to him about it. And he has vacillated between being a police officer and a pastor. And so he had asked if he could come to our church and preach during that time. It never worked out. So anyway, I went up to him at the pizza place and I said, hey, I said, do you remember me? And he looks at me for a second. He goes, driver's license so we touched base did he ever find it uh he did he yeah. they, he went to the police uh, the mechanic at the police station and they had to take out his front seat and the driver's license had fallen perfectly in this place that there it had to just fall perfectly Wow. And so he ended but up it was returning. Just God answering your yeah, prayers. Yeah. So. <laughs> so anyway, we were able to at the police or the pizza place to just chat as a Christian brother and sister, you know, and just to, you know, just remember and laugh and stuff. So anyway, he was the first police officer to show up on the scene. Oh, and you know, yes. when something like that happens, was, yes. you're, you're scared. You don't know what's going to happen so to your daughter. Familiar. Yes. That's yeah. And, and just before I left to the hospital, we had to, had the hel- news helicopters were flying overhead. And so we had brought all the children in my house. And I remember we were, me, my friend and I were about ready to leave to the hospital and they had brought all the kids in and we had, you know, all my children were inside and, and uh, Officer Johnson had come up to me and he said, he goes, my heart is just broken. He goes, is there anything that I can do? I mean, he had tears in his eyes. And I just said, could you just go in to my children? Mm-hmm. And as a father, as a police officer, as a Christian, mm-hmm. I go, you can say whatever you want to say to them. I go, I just want them to know it was an accident. Because I didn't know how... Rachel's Mm. brothers and sisters would respond to her, you know, and it was just such a blessing to have, you know, John Johnson, the police officer just be there. And Mm. I could, I knew he was a Christian. I knew Mm. he wanted to help in that way. And just to be able to send him in Mm. while I had to leave, you know, he was the, and later on, I was told by one of his colleagues who found out that he was the one that had showed up. First, he, he 
he, he said, you had the best. Yeah. And literally, when I talked to someone about the doctor that cared for Hannah, the lady that I talked to, she goes, you had the best. Yeah. I kept over and over hearing that. Yeah. And I believe it. Yeah. And you know what? It was the most comforting thing mm. to know that we had the best, even though yes. in it, the worst did yeah, happen, that's you right. know, and I just, I felt in, in these hardest moments, I just felt so cared for mm. and loved. And I knew that he loved all of us. Mm. He even loved Hannah. Mm. In fact, I know that Hannah is alive mm. with him, more alive than you and I, Yes, you know, yes. he, she's at the feet of Jesus. I mean, what mm. could be better mm. than that? Yes, so wonderful. Well, our time is gone, but I think we've got to talk again. Yes. So we'll come back next podcast because there's many more things that Heather will share about this. And I know it's going to be especially encouraging to those of you who've had miscarriages, those of you who've had stillbirth, those of you who've lost little ones and even bigger ones. So let us pray for you now. Father, we th we're just thinking today of so many precious mothers whose hearts, Lord God, some hearts are still aching, Lord God, and they don't even know how to, how to get rid of this burden. But Lord, we pray that you will come to them today. Come and bring your comfort again and let them know that their precious loved one is with you. This is the hope we have. We have an eternal hope. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we look forward to the eternal realm, which is the real world, and where we will celebrate life with all those who've gone before. And I pray that you will bless them and comfort them and strengthen them this day. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. amen. And come back next week because you're going to hear more from Heather and I know you're going to be so blessed, encouraged and strengthened.